Vikings, Bears, Monday night, Soldier Field. We've seen this song a million times before, but hey, quarterback's different this time, so we've got a lot to talk about here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Vikings Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by On Location. That's the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only space to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash sp56 for more information, or you can just search Super Bowl on location. Today on the show, we're talking all things Bears. We also have your bold prediction, so get hyped for that. That's always the craziest thing in the world. And yeah, they're getting more and more deranged, and I love it because this is a deranged game. Monday night, Soldier Field game. We've had this game on Monday night a lot, Sunday night sometimes too, but it seems like every time the Vikings go to Soldier Field, it is a disaster. So the first thing I guess I want to talk about is, is there a Soldier Field curse? Um, and I don't know if I call it a curse, but there's a thing, right? Now, look, Mike Zimmer in his time in this, he's played this game seven times. He had seven seasons so far. This will be his eighth one. He's three and four. That ain't that bad. Now, considering that sometimes the Vikings are favored, but at times they haven't been favored, um, maybe against the spread, you would be able to do a better analysis or something like that. I'll leave that to somebody else. But, um, on the whole, it isn't like doom and gloom, but that game is always messy. So, like, he's won it a couple times, but it's been, like, the if you remember the 2017 game, which was the last game Sam Bradford played as a Viking when his knee was blown out, and that was kind of when Case Keenum took over back in 2017. Um, they won this game last year, but it was also, like, pretty ugly. It's always an ugly game. It's a messy game. And I think I tell this anecdote every year, so sorry if you're sick of it. But before I took over Locked On Vikings, I did a show with uh, Joe Oberly and the late Joe Johnson, rest his soul, who uh, we, we, we did a podcast and I actually went on the podcast. Actually, it was during 2018. It was right before I took over Locked on Vikings. Um, and the Vikings played a Sunday night game against the Bears that day. And it was another it was 2018. They lost and it was a really, really sloppy game. Um, in th- after that game. The two Joes got a podcast appearance with Chad Greenway on their like replacement show called Morning Joes, where it was just the two of them after I left the other show. And uh, I ended up guesting on that and chatting with Chad Greenway about the Bears. That's the story. So um, Greenway basically said, like, look, we and this is after he retired. So no holds barred. Right. Uh, and he said, look, we're not going to lie. Like, we're going to we're not going to tell you the truth. We're going to lie. But. It's absolutely in your head in the locker room. And when you are somebody like Chad Greenway or Everson Griffin, who, of course, he's not in the locker room now, but somebody who's been, you know, Harrison Smith, who's been on the team for a long time, and you get to uh, Soldier Field, every other time you messed up a million times in Soldier Field, every single other one is in your head. And I think that's uh, kind of important to, like, recognize that it is a little bit in your head. Now, can you overcome that? Sure. And players can absolutely overcome that. So you're probably not going to find like a statistical correlation or whatever, but it gets in your head. 
a little bit. And I think that affects the game. And I think that affects the Bears, too, because the Bears come out. Yeah, they're four and three in the Mike Zimmer era. Um, and Matt Nagy against the Vikings has beat the Vikings a lot. So they have a lot of confidence coming in. I believe uh, he would he's one in or five and one. Matt Nagy is against the Vikings in his time as the Bears head coach. Now, one of those, the starters didn't play. It was the week 17, 2019 game where the Vikings rested everybody. Um, and so they beat like Sean Mannion. So who cares? But four and one still like that's pretty crazy. So it's going to be in the Bears heads a little bit, too, and, and Nagy's head and all that. But those were also Mitch Trubisky teams. Justin Fields is a new guy. So we got to talk about Justin Fields a little bit as well. But in terms of like, is there a Soldier Field curse? Kind of. I call it a curse or call it just a thing that's like in your head, but it is, it tends to be in the players' minds. And even though a lot of the players here are new to the Vikings, they also, the Vikings have been particularly susceptible to the emotional ebbs and flows of the game. Um, and, you know, call it like quote unquote momentum or whatever, like thing that doesn't really tangibly exist, but you feel it, can't you? Like the emotional, the emotional ebbs and flows of the game. Um, and if they're particularly susceptible to that, if they are more than everybody else allowing, you know, one big play to kind of snowball into a lot more big plays, which ha they have been this season, then it's hard for me to trust that they won't be particularly susceptible to this. Um, I've joked a lot. It's like a half joke, half actual trend that the Vikings have been worse against alt, uh, alt uniforms, alternate uniforms, like the Lions wearing color rush and then they beat us. Um, and the Vikings are better when they're in alternate uniforms, which is why I fully support them wearing all white in all of their road games this year. Fantastic stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I could also see that having merit just by way of like you studied tape for all of Monday, and they were wearing this, and now they look a little different, and that just is going to affect your recall a little bit. You could even go into, like, the neurological reasons that, like, color is associated with memory, and so if you mess with color, you can mess with memory and slow things down a little bit, and in the split-second margins of a football game, that could end up being the difference. Um, and I actually wrote a semi-serious piece about that last year when the Vikings uh, played in, in, I think it's when they played in Soldier Field and the Bears were going to wear their oranges, which I'm sure they'll wear, will, they'll wear them again. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. But yeah, I, I don't know. I There might be a curse. I think there might be a curse of the Vikings in Soldier Field, um, and it might be real, and it might be caused by something that you could actually go trace back. That said, the Bears are in a terrible way right now. And so it would be a pretty flimsy excuse. Um, just for starters, the Bears are losing a lot of their coaches, all three of their coordinators, offensive, defensive, and special teams. So Matt Nagy will have to take over all play calling things. That has been pretty bad for the Bears. I don't know if he was calling plays already, uh, but if he wasn't, he is now, and that kind of sucks. There's no Bill Lazor, no Sean Desai, their defensive coordinator, and then no Chris Tabor, their, their special teams coordinator. So that's going to mean the actual operations of the Bears are just going to be worse. You can just kind of expect a higher likelihood of like a false start penalty or something. Also, the players are going through something crazy. Uh, they currently have 12 players on the COVID-19 IR list, including but not limited to Allen Robinson, Eddie Jackson, Jesse James, the tight end, Mario Edwards Jr., Eddie Goldman, Artie Burns, Elijah Wilkinson, and they have players not practicing right now due to a non-COVID illness. So they have like a flu outbreak or something, and that includes both David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, Cole Komet, uh, Jakeem Grant, James Daniels, Tevin Jenkins. It is a disaster right now. So they might be coming into this game so unbelievably depleted at every single position that 
this could be one of those games where the Bears just can't field a game. And they have been susceptible to that. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But if you watch the Bears season and on Lockdown NFL, I have been very fascinated with the Bears from like the national angle when I've been doing the national stuff. I'm on Lockdown NFL every Tuesday, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, And I've been really fascinated with the Bears and Justin Fields, partially because Justin Fields was my second favorite quarterback coming out. And so I've been really interested to see how he comes in. I really, really, really loved Justin Fields coming out. And I sort of went all in on him in my draft takes. I want to see if that bears out. Uh, No pun intended. (laughs) Um, I, I also I mean, it's the Bears, but it's also this very interesting thing of, you know, is Matt Nagy holding the Bears back or is Justin Fields a bad quarterback? Is he going to be better with better coaching or is it both of them are bad? You know, all that stuff is really interesting. So we've talked about that a lot on, on Lockdown NFL, which has made me follow the Bears more closely than I usually would. And they just have some catastrophes in them sometimes. They sort of fell apart. They had that famous fall apart game against the Cleveland Browns. They had a fall apart game against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they just totally dissolved. They had this like awful game of the, that they're just coming off of now against the Packers. Now, they've bounced back from all of those games, so it's not something that just is like super... Uh, Now, they bounced back from all of those games, so the fact that they just sucked really bad against the Packers doesn't mean we can just graft that performance on the next week and walk home with an easy win. Um, But they do have that disastrous thing in them, and they've got a little bit of quit in them. And don't take my word for it. Take Jalen Johnson's, who came out uh, on Thursday and said basically just as much that some players are that kind of ready to tank in the season and they're done. I mean, they got four wins. It's December. It's obviously not going to be a real season. Matt Nagy's got half of his whole body out the door and they've, some players have kind of checked out and Jalen Johnson was complaining about that. So he's not one of those players. He was kind of saying like, yeah, we got to get our culture together and they do have to get their culture together. Um, And if they, but if they don't, then there's all kinds of things where the bears could just totally fall in part of in front of you. They also could not and play a really good game. And, I think part of the confidence that comes with the Soldier Field curse of the Vikings is that if ever there were a week for the for the, for the Bears to be confident, it's now. And so you still have to take them seriously. Uh, you have to take every team seriously, right? So I want to spend today talking a little bit about Justin Fields and the offense. I want to talk about the defense since we have an extra day to preview this. I'll talk about the defense on Monday morning um, and whatever else kind of comes up. So we'll chat about all that. But hey, first things first, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. It's onlocationexp.com SB56 or Super Bowl On Location. I also want to talk to you about DFS. I don't like DFS. It is a honestly, I, I I do. It's I mean, sharps take it over, right? You you enter a pool with a thousand people, and the one who wins is like the one edge case that put all their stock into like a fullback or something. And those edge cases is like how sharps win DFS. I, that's a stupid game. I don't like that game. I don't like picking the crazy tertiary people. If I'm going to do that, it's going to be weird uh, anytime touchdown props <laughs> or something like that. But if I want to play fantasy, it needs to be one on one to me. That is a pure. That is fantasy the way God intended, and that is Stat Hero. Stat Hero puts you in charge. It's you against the house and they will show you their lineup. For example, uh, if you can beat a lineup 
of just pick three quarterbacks and beat Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. If you can beat three quarterbacks that beat that lineup, you can go, you can win. And that's how Stat Hero works. You can uh, play against the house and you know what their lineup is ahead of time. And you can just play 1v1 versus the house. That, I think, is the ideal way to play daily fantasy. Still all the great stuff where you're not stuck with whatever team you drafted in the beginning of the year or something like that, but you can still play one-on-one and not be competing with 10,000 people. It's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform, and you can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on for promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for making locked on Vikings your first listen of the day. And let's talk about the Bears offense a little bit. I've covered it a lot more than I expected to cover it. Um, Just on like a weekly show. I mean, I haven't covered it as much as like Lauren, who we talked to yesterday has. But for what I have covered, they have problems. And I think one of the biggest problems, and it's kind of why I'm a little bit hesitant. I mean, of course, I'm hesitant right now because of all that's going on with Urban Meyer. Um, but I'm hesitant to, to hire an offensive college coach because college schemes are designed to work with wider hashes. And that doesn't sound like a crazy problem. Like it's the same level of it's the same size field and all that stuff. And it's just painted differently. But because like players use those hashes as a landmark all the time, you know, they they use hashes not only as a landmark. Sometimes you run a route to the hash, but also it's where you have to be looking. It's where you have to be aware of to know how far down the field you are. Did you run it at the right depth and stuff like that? And so where they are on the field kind of affects things, especially timing and precision stuff, which is what Matt Nagy's offense like is entirely. It is all timing. And like they, he leverages the temporal aspect a lot. And that in and of itself is not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just a style thing. Um, it's just how like a lot of offenses utilize the temporal aspect, a lot of West Coast Bill Walsh offenses and stuff. Football is rooted in that and he just leverages it a lot. But when you leverage it a lot and then the hashes go further in, then the spacing of everything changes and becomes a little bit more difficult to run. Also, it's just a lot of route salad, I think. It's a lot of stuff salad. It's a very similar critique to the one I have to Clint Kubiak, where it's just not really built in a way to play off of itself. Um, if you watch, if you want to watch stuff about Justin Fields, watch JT O'Sullivan's videos. Who's, he's done a few of them over the year. And a lot of the thing that he comes out with um, when it comes to Matt Nagy is the art. He calls it like offensive architecture. And just the way that things are like he'll do a shotgun inside zone play action fake and then throw a go ball down the sideline. What's the problem with that? It's that a go ball down the sideline um, is chiefly contested by a cornerback. Cornerbacks, the, the guy in the way of that. And that cornerback is probably playing pass first. Outside corners don't really play run first ever. Um, so a play action fake isn't slowing that, that guy down at all. It's just slowing you down. It's just slowing the throw down and it's making it harder to get the ball out faster. If your play action is meant to help the protection, it's also slowing down the ball. So it's not helping the protection really all that much. It's like two things on the same play that aren't working together. It's just stuff. So that's why I say like stuff salad. It's just a, a, a toss together, a bunch of crap. Um, and, and I think that's been a really big problem with Nagy's offense. Now, that is not to absolve Justin Fields, who has had an absolutely awful year. Um, but in terms of game planning for him, we should probably look at what about him is threatening and less about what about him is bad, right? 
but I guess we should look at both. So let's start with threatening. What's threatening about him is improv. And of course, the Vikings struggle with improv forever. I don't know if they particularly struggle with improv. Improv is just good. You know what? Justin Fields is going to make a few plays because that's what he does. He makes plays. Um, but you just have to make it so that to beat us, he has to make a play every play. He has to make a broken play. Um, I want to talk about the defense, too, and Jalen Johnson and Robert Quinn. There's no Khalil Mack and stuff. Probably Akeem Hicks. Um so there's all that. I want to talk about all that. We're probably going to have to get to it on the other side of the weekend, though, because we have to talk about bold predictions, baby. I'm excited for it. But first, let me talk to you about Gramblin. I am recording this after Thursday Night Football, Chargers Chiefs. Um, it was this awesome game. And BetOnline's live betting apparatus is new and redesigned. is really easy to use. And you got to monitor that during these games. Because what I found was the Chargers scored a touchdown. They went up 28 to 21 with like four and a half minutes left. And then the Chiefs took over the ball. And then I found the Chiefs plus 300 on their live betting thing. That means I got to quadruple my money when the Chiefs ultimately won. I got the Chiefs money line plus 300. That means I quadrupled my money. You got to get on the live betting. You can do player props. If you don't want to bet on NFL, you can bet on college football, tennis, hockey, golf, whatever you want, MMA, even your favorite Vegas casino games at betonline.ag. And if you sign up right now, you can enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus. Half of your first direct deposit plopped right into your account, matched as free play money, courtesy of betonline.ag, just for entering promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag, where the game starts. Let me also talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Look, man, we're, this is winter. We're all, this, we're not being good. We're not, we got cravings. We have uh, maybe indulgences. We would like vices, perhaps, if you'd rather. And Bill Bar is a great way to satisfy those cravings without cheating. It's a cheat day without a cheat day, right? You have a high protein, low calorie, low carb, low sugar, low fat, high, uh, high fiber snack covered in 100% chocolate that is utterly delicious. It even comes in Bilt Bar Puffs which is like a marshmallowy one. It's like a, a chocolate-covered marshmallow thing. They've got a bunch of flavors. Go to built.com to browse through them. Um, you can also just get like a sampler, which is all their main series flavors. That's my recommendation to you if you're just starting out. But head on over to built.com, browse the website, check back every once in a while. They got all kinds of limited time offers, and you can enter promo code LOCKED15, L-S-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. R U. Ready for the bowl prediction segment. Oh, yeah, they're only gonna get weirder from here on out, so buckle up. But it's the bowl prediction segment, and today we have some extra deranged ones, and I threw my hat in the ring as well with a weird one. But first, we got to talk about last week's bold predictions. None of them hit as usual, which is how it should be. They should be too bold to be plausible, to be possible. They should only be technically plausible. Nothing, nothing easy here. But the first one came from King Squeaks, who uh, predicted two or more double fumbles, like the offense would recover and then that's recovered by the defense and then the defense would would recover or would fumble and then be recovered by the offense like in the same play. There were none of those. Uh, Nick Howard said that Big Ben would have more yards rushing than the entire Vikings. Um, he had five rushing yards, so not so much. Purple Pride School said that ben ben, Big Ben would get loose on a scramble and truck stick Breland on his way to the end zone. I believe on Big Ben's one scramble, I think Breland got that tackle. So he wasn't truck sticked. He got the tackle. It also wasn't into the end zone. So we didn't get there, but you had a 
chance. Uh, Arif Hassan said that there would be a Patrick Peterson pick two. Uh, unfortunately, did not get there. There were a lot of opportunities, though. A lot of uh, two-point conversions, which would be pretty intense. Uh, Nakaka said that Jordan Berry would have a revenge game touchdown. Now, Jordan Berry had a revenge game. If you just said Jordan Berry revenge game, he punts the Steelers uh, out of contention or something like that. I would have given that to you because Jordan Berry absolutely got a punt that pinned the Steelers all the way back at, I believe, their own four-yard line or their own six-yard line. Um that ended up making the final drive that much harder, and then the final drive failed. So I would have given that to you, but not a touchdown. Uh, JV Swaps said that the Vikings would win by the largest margin in Zimmer's career. We were actually watching this one during the game. That's a 32-point margin, and they were up 29 to nothing at one point. And then, of course, it all collapsed. But boy, we were thinking about it, huh? Uh, and then Nermint said that CJ Ham would rush for at least 35 yards and score a touchdown. Regrettably, CJ Ham did not touch the ball, and maybe that's why the Vikings collapsed. And then I actually threw my hat in too and said that DJ Wanham would get two plus unblocked sacks. I, I, in spirit, predicted correctly that there would be a lot of unblocked sacks. There were a ton of unblocked sacks, but none of them were Wanham, so I can't get it. Uh, now, on to week 15 against the Bears. Now, on to week 15 against the Bears. The first one comes from Forrester. By the way, if you have a bold prediction, send it to me at Lockdown Vikings or at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. I usually put out the call sometime on Thursday. Forrester said that we would get a wild animal on the field incident, <laughs> delaying the game right as the Vikings are lined up for a pivotal kick. Uh, it is either then viewed as the breaker of the curse or manifestation of it, depending on the result. Um, so I won't hold you to it specifically being a kick, but it, if there is a wild animal on the field problem, and then that changes the momentum of the game, I give this to you. And we'll make a judgment call on that if it's, you know, we won't try like presuppose what the measurement will be. We'll make a judgment call on that if there's a wild animal on the field and it changes momentum. Honestly, if we get a wild animal on the field, it'll probably be pretty easy to justify the second part. So wild animal on the field is bold enough. Uh, Spurgeon wins burner says 10 total fumbles, but only three possession changes. Um, so in the entire history of the NFL, as far as like tracking gets weird back in the 20s or whatever, but as far as we know, uh, there have only been 10 fumbles in a game three times, the most recent in 1978. There's one in the 60s, one in the 40s. Um, so that has only happened three times. That would be incredibly bold. It would also be very appropriate for a Monday night soldier field game. Also, all of these are like weird things that would happen only to Monday night Vikings bears games. Um, and only three possession changes would be pretty intense too. Although once you've, you've presupposed 10 fumbles, I guess it's not all that crazy that we go, uh, to results off of it just being a coin flip because fumble luck basically is a coin flip. So three possession changes, 10 total fumbles. I'll take three or less too. Uh, Mr. Berg says Kirk Cousins will, for the third match in a row, throw an interception following an uncalled face mask. Kirk is not going to take it this time, and he will be very close to some proper swearing and cussing. So yeah, this has been a thing that he's been face masked sometimes. It's difficult for the line judge to see that because it happens a lot of times, uh, you know, the the quarterback's body is blocking the face mask so you can't actually see or sometimes he'll be looking at a holding penalty or something like that or somewhere else so it it, it can get missed and it's been missed on Kirk Cousins a lot feel free to be mad about that um so another third another interception following a face mask and for the second part I will just say any uh, expression of anger will get that right and we we will get you know if we get a golly we will do it but I don't Kirk doesn't swear hilariously um like he's been mic'd up and he'll say like ah. Oh, just jerking jerks and stuff. And he'll say like the most like Ned Flanders swear replacements. It's so funny. <laughs> Eli said that the game will go into overtime. The Vikings hit the ball first. Vikings kick a field goal and on the bears next possession, get a pick six causing a total of nine Vikings overtime points. 
This is particularly bold. So this can technically happen, right? And it's something we think about a lot when we're thinking about like over-unders and spreads and stuff. So it can technically happen. However, it's extremely unlikely, which is why I love it for the bold prediction segment, because it's technically possible. It just straddles that line between impossible and improbable. And I love that. Um, but think about it this way. Vikings get a field goal. They get an interception on the next drive. That guy can just go down, right? He can just fall down right where he is. The Vikings would win the game and walk off right there. So to actually try to return it for a touchdown would be really funny. Um, that said, we have a lot of cornerbacks who I would not put, put that past them at all. Like if Cameron Dantzler or Chris Boyd or Breland get like if Patrick Peterson get or Harrison Smith get a game ending interception in overtime, they're falling on it. If Dantzler or Boyd or Breland get it, I ain't putting it past them to try to go return it like an idiot. So I'm not putting this past them at all. I love this bold prediction. It's so wacky. Uh, Tyler Lindenbaum enthusiast says that the Vikings would sack fields 10 times, but Michael Pierce will get zero of them. Uh, a 10 sack game definitely goes in the spirit of the way that I am pro uh, projecting this game, just because they've had all sorts of protections issues. Now they're going to have a bunch of backup linemen in assuming COVID that, you know, these guys don't come off COVID like Tevin Jenkins and stuff, uh, or no, Kevin, Tevin Jenkins, I think just has the other illness. I don't know. The, the, a lot of linemen are questionable for this game. So they're going to have like a weird configuration and they've had trouble with communicating all year. So that's just going to exacerbate it. I could totally see 10 sacks although i mean that would i believe tie a team record so it's plenty bold and also that michael pierce gets none of them it's also great uh there are just certain scenarios where you get so close and then michael pierce gets one of the sacks and ruins it for you which i would find hilarious and i would laugh at your suffering green bean casserole number one fan said three field goal doinks they said something else in his but i'm just gonna go with the three field goal doinks perfect for a bears game of course they are famous for their doinks and uh, also not specified that it has to be the Bears doinking, but hey, doinks, they happen at Soldier Field. Look it up. Ben says that each team will score exactly as many points as respective players listed out as on the COVID IR list. Now, he did not specify which version of COVID IR. I'll probably just do like cumulative. Um, so that includes practice squad and roster, but I'm not going to include, I don't think, IR, which is Daniel Hunter. Um, so... Either way, you have a weirdly convenient number here because you have three active 53-man roster players on COVID IR. Practice squad has three. So if you include practice squad, the Vikings would get six points. And if you include uh, full IR, you get seven points. But I'm not going to include Daniel Hunter. I'm going to say, and that we'll, we'll do this at kickoff too. So we'll say whoever is on COVID IR at kickoff, we'll, um, we'll, we'll look at it this way. So I'm going to say six right now is the number for the Vikings. IR and practice squad IR. Um, for the Bears... I believe that's 12, unless they have practice squad players. I am looking it up on the fly right now. No, they do not have any practice squad players. They currently, as of this recording, have seven players on COVID-19 IR. Um, so that would be a final score of 12 to 6. Very Monday Night Soldier Field vibes. I love that. Um, also subject to change. We'll do this at, at kickoff because things can change over the weekend. And I'm throwing my own hat in the ring here. I will say that this game... Because of the soldier field weirdness of it, ends in Scorigami. Scorigami is pretty rare. They only happen two or three times a year. So I think that's plenty bold. And this just feels like it's going to be a weird enough game to end in Scorigami. So I will predict a Scorigami in this one. I'll talk to you all on Monday. We'll talk more about the defense and stuff. Um, FYI, Monday's show, because I can record it ahead of time, will be on YouTube. But then the rest of the week will not be on YouTube as I will be out of town for the Christmas holiday. So happy holidays to all of you on uh, on YouTube, you can, of course, catch the podcasts on the audio versions, wherever you find your favorite shows. That will not change. I'll just be on my travel mic, so it'll sound a little tinnier, and I apologize in advance for that. While you wait, check out 
the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. I will see you all next week, and as always, skull.